There, there is nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter and bleed and bleed and bleed. What's this? Bleeding Ink, a podcast for indie authors with J.S. Leonard. Hi there. Thanks for hanging out. Episode 15, Bleeding Ink, happening right now. A show that aims to make indie authors indistinguishable from those traditionally published by decrypting what publishers offer and teaching how to do the same. We are a legion of crafty writers and hustling authors. Tune in every other week on iTunes or Stitcher. And for those of you who've rated the show, thank you. I appreciate it. It's awesome. If you haven't had a chance yet, though, feel free to head over to iTunes and click the little star and show your support. Appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at JSL author, JSL author, and visit bleedingink.fm. That's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G-I-N-K.fm, where you can sign up for giveaways. Speaking of which, we have one for this episode. $250 worth of cover design service from Reezy.com. This one is a great giveaway. Do not miss out on it. It ends in two weeks from the episode's air date. And you can also sign up for my mailing list, through which you will surely benefit as a writer and a reader. I'm going to read to you a little quote. New York-based editor and consultant, formerly of a Big Five publisher. Now, I read this off an editor's profile on ReadC.com. That's R-E-E-D-S-Y.com. And it should concern any Big Five exec. It's a common slogan among these profiles. And these brave free agents are tuned into a growing sentiment that publishers turn their nose at. There's a teeming pool of writers out there who find the middleman a hindrance rather than an asset. Come all ye editors for a market needs you. Today I interview um, Ricardo Fayette of ReadSeed.com. He's the co-founder. And he reached out to me um, and, you know, he was interested in, in appearing on the podcast. And I went to his site because uh, his pitch sort of piqued my interest. And um, I was extremely impressed. Uh, I really wish that I had uh, this these services back when I had first started writing because um, they would have done a lot of the work for me. Now, so readc.com connects writers with editors, designers, publicists, and marketing specialists. And they sift through thousands of applicants, about 10,000 so far, vet their skills, and present to you only the finest self-publishing talent. There's no more second guessing whether an editor is a meddled veteran or a suave amateur. They've built a platform for the discerning writer to discover in record time an individual or team to take their work from good to stellar. Um, we're going to get into costs a little bit later, but let's talk cost. Independent authors aren't known to possess the widest coffers. Let's be clear. These services do cost money and they are not cheap, as any quality service isn't. This means you must have a budget in mind and plan for it. While the sky's the limit though, ReadC can take you to high altitudes with fewer dollars than competing strategies. For a little more cash, they can take you well into the stratosphere. We're going to get into the economics of this stuff later, but think of it this way. Someone has to pay for these services. It's going to be you or it's going to be your publisher, one would hope. Paying what may seem like a large sum up front will net you greater profits from having 100% control over your royalties. This is the bet publishers take on you. It's a bet you need to take too if you want more control. And you have to ask yourself if giving up 90% of your profits is worth the cost up front. 
Now, if you decide on this route, expect this. You will reduce the risk that your book launch will fail. It's a competitive market. You may as well put your best face on. Are you guaranteed success? Never. But you raise your chances. You will also have contributed to elevating the quality of quote unquote indie books. This is romantic, yes, and means little to your bottom line, but it is a cause worth supporting and will shift readers' dollars towards self-published works in the future. Now, I'm going to let Ricardo sort of elaborate on all this because he does a much better job than I. And here is my interview with uh, Reedsy co-founder Ricardo Fayette. Enjoy. Everybody, how's it going? Hey, I have a very interesting guy uh, on the show today. His name is Ricardo Fayette, and he um, is a co-founder of a product and site called Reedsy, R-E-D. S-Y. And he reached out to me because he had been sort of hearing my podcast and um, he thought that I'd be interested in his product. And and um, I actually was. I'm very interest, interested in his product. I'll let, I'll let him describe it for you. But um, uh, Ricardo, I just wanted to thank you for being on the show and welcome. And how you doing? Hi, well, it's really a pleasure to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. And um, yeah, just so a little bit about Reedsy. Um, so we started around a year and a half ago, and our really our vision was to kind of um, create this marketplace of publishing professionals where authors would have access to the same level of quality that traditional publishers have access to. So the same editors, the same proofreaders, the same cover designers, illustrators, and even publicists uh, and marketers that traditional publishing uses make them available for authors so that they can get quotes, so that they can interact with them, and so that they can work with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So so one of the, the aims, I think, of, of Bleeding Ink, and at least for me, is that, like, I, you know, I, I pitch this as an indie author type thing, right? But for me, I, I don't, I don't, if someone's published or self-published or traditionally published or self-published it doesn't really it doesn't really matter it just matters that you get your stuff out there and whatever works best for you is what you should do um but what i love about this is that you're basically giving indie authors or people just you know self-published authors people who aren't going to go after one of the big five or a major imprint and say hey um you know if you want to go after this after this yourself leverage leverage these tools that we have for you and you can at least um, begin to compete with what traditional publishers can author. And I love that idea because I love, I love the idea of being able to replicate um, what's out there. It's kind of, for, for me, for me, what you're, you're doing is you're basically creating like um, an Amazon.com for a, you know, a small company who sells something, right? But then suddenly they get to leverage this massive gorilla of a company and they, they, they appear a lot bigger, right? So the smaller authors can then um, go out there and be, you know, do big things that wouldn't normally be available to them. Is that does that sound about right? Yeah, that's that's exactly our vision and and, and how we started. Um, and and really, it's it's our curation that made us uh, different and, and going and getting these really big name editors and and designers who make a difference at traditional publishing. But what's interesting is that it also goes both ways. Not only if you're a self-publishing author, you can get published to the standard of a big five published author, but also if you're an author and you're looking to to land a big five or even to land an independent publisher because that's the path that is right for you, uh, mm-hmm. then we get a lot of authors coming to our marketplace and actually reaching out to our, ed- to our editors for an editorial assessment or a query letter review 
or things like that to be better prepared for the moment they pitch to agents uh, and publishers. And that that's actually something we're in expecting that much when we started and it's been quite interesting to see yeah that's that's uh that's phenomenal i know that um i was just speaking with max gladstone and he struggled for about a year to, to land an agent and i want to get into that a little bit later talking about um how this could be used to to land an agent but um just just to clarify it's reedsy.com right r-e-e-d-s-y.com exactly and um okay great so um well, okay, so let's just take the average author, beginning author, even a seasoned author who may be breaking away from the traditional model or whatever. Like, what are the top three challenges authors face today when searching for like an editor? What, what would you say those would be? Um, I'd say the top three challenges. So the first one for sure is that there's a lot of uh, wannabe editors out there that are going to market themselves as editors. Um, I'm not even talking about the obvious uh, scams like Author Solutions or things like that where they're basically pricing editing at uh, infamous prices, but even just like simply authors uh, who think they, they can edit or, or people who read a lot of books, uh, so beta readers who think all of a sudden they can make a career out of it. And I'm, I'm not saying they can't, but you got to gather a lot of experience um, before you can call yourself a professional editor. And so it's quite easy to find them on, on marketplaces like Elance or Upwork or Odesk or Craigslist, things like that, because these are typically the places where they will get started. And that's the kind of, that's also the reason why we started Ritzy, because we wanted something curated where you don't find these people. Um, another another challenge I think that authors face when looking for an editor is that often they don't they don't know what to look for. So they know, uh, thank God, they they know that they need an editor because the message now is out there that you can't like just get a book out there if you haven't had another pair of eyes on it. Uh, but they don't know what kind of editing uh, they should get. So um, one of the things we see quite often at Reads is authors coming in and requesting a proofread on a book that hasn't been developmental edited. So the proofreaders are all going to decline to work on the book because they see uh, major structural issues within the story, the character arc, uh, the plot, and all that. And so they, they're going to tell the author that this book isn't ready at that stage for a, for a proofread. So I'd say to authors, kind of research the different kinds of uh, editing and especially what developmental editing is all about. And, uh, and know what you want what you want to get. Um, inversely, if you don't want any chain, major changes uh, down to your story, story plot, characters, etc., don't ask for developmental edit because that's what developmental editors uh, focus on. Go on. Were you gonna no, these are two. I was trying to think for a yeah. third one. It's a bit hard. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. I think that if you elaborate on those two, that uh, sorry, they felt elaborated enough. <laughs> I'm not sure you need Sounds a third good. one. But I have actually a question about the first thing you said there. Yep. And um, you said that uh, you know there's a lot of wannabe editors out there. Well, what makes what makes a a great editor? You know, it's it's hard to say. It really depends uh, on the type of editing. So for copy editing, proofreading, it's experience. Basically, it's having done hundreds of books. Uh, and copy edited them and and knowing what kind of inconsistencies to look for, having worked on dozens of style sheets that you can uh, apply to books, know how to create a style sheet. So it's really 
Copy editing and proofreading is really technical and requires um, a trained eye and experience. For developmental editing and editorial assessment, um, it's because it's more about the story, maybe it requires a bit more uh, innate talent, I'd say, and uh, the capacity to, to identify what's wrong in a story. Because as a reader, sometimes I'm going to read a book and I'm going to feel like, oh, I, I didn't really like this book or this scene or things like that, but I'm never going to be able to explain why. And these people are able to explain why. And that's something obviously you acquire through experience, but that's also something that you got to have when you, when you start. Mm -hmm. And how, how do you vet editors then? Yeah. So we have a list of criteria um, that, that we look for when we receive uh, applications from editors. And so, I mean, we've, we've gotten over 10,000 applications from both wow. editors, designers, and publicists uh, since we launched. And what we ask all of them to do is simply to fill in a, a Ritzy profile where they basically write something about themselves, indicate the genres they specialize in, uh, the kind of English, UK English, US English, Australian, etc., Mm -hmm. um, then their work experience, and then list all the books that they've worked on as an editor, so their portfolio. Um, and then we've got the links uh, to Amazon for this book, so we can check the reviews. Uh, we can check the acknowledgement uh, pages, um, and if we try to see if the if the editor is mentioned there, so we kind of double check the information they put in the in the profile, and then we look for um, for experience basically and for testimonials. So what we typically look for is at least 10 books in the portfolio. Um, almost all of our editors, I'd say, have worked at a traditional publishing company before, so that's a big criteria. I mean, it's not always a requirement, but um, in order to make an exception, the, the freelancer needs to have a very strong portfolio, uh, possibly big names in the portfolio. So that's what we, that's what we look for mainly. Mm -hmm. Do you, are, are you seeing a lot of editors sort of abandon the traditional, you know, industry and, and sort of going off on their own? All the time. Uh, yeah. so we get several emails every week from people kind of uh, leaving their publishing company to, to freelance. Uh, we also have uh, editors on Ritzy who are still employed in-house uh, but don't have an uncompete and can freelance on the side. Uh, ah. So there's, I think, the kind of the freelance economy uh, is really there in the in the publishing industry as well. So we're trying to embrace that. Mm -hmm. So you uh, connect authors with editors, but you also connect them with with like cover designers and, and designers in general, and also publicists and marketers. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we started with editing and design because we thought that's the real two vital services you cannot launch a book without. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we've got cover designers, illustrators for children's books, uh, for example, um, typesetters and book interior designers. So that's if you have a cookbook or an illustrated book or a comic book, they can kind of do the layout design. I've had several cases of authors who've got, who had great success publishing uh, fantasy or sci-fi and who branched out into a, a graphic novel and um, and looked for a, for kind of a typeset or a formatter on Ritzy for that complex format. And we recently added publicists and marketers, so we have less of uh, these people on the marketplace, also because they're harder to vet. Like a, a, Generally, a book marketer is really good at selling uh, their services, but they're not always good at selling books, so we kind of 
need to have chats with them, individual chats, and ask them questions about how what they do for authors. And it's often disappointing. So I think there's only five marketers on the platform right now, but we're trying to to get more on board. And these five are definitely really, really good. Yeah, I was I was looking at at uh, the, those five, and I, I noticed that there was only five of them. And and that's interesting because you said that you know the two vital things are obviously editing and design. That's I I, I completely agree with that. But like, why would an author say hire a publicist through you guys? What what would a publicist do? Um, so publicists, I think it's really for certain case scenarios where you think that getting press uh, on your book is a good marketing channel for your book. And I think that works especially well in nonfiction. So for example, lately we had um, a nonfiction author who had written a book about uh, his experience as, a, as an Uber driver um, in a city in the US. And that's typically mm-hmm. something you can sell very well to the press. Uh, so he looked for a publicist, and I think he's, uh, he's uh, close to, to working with one on Reed C. Uh, then we've got a book about uh, biography that's going to come soon, uh, a biography of uh, Peter Thiel. And uh, that's typically another thing that you can very easily pitch uh, to the press. So for these kinds of books, I think it's worth it. For the other, for, for general fiction, for novels, um, a lot of her publicists offer blog tours, and that's things that you can do on your own as an author, and I'd like, encourage any, any, every author to try. But it takes a lot of planning and contacts, and so if you want to hire a publicist for that, I think it's worth it. A blog tour, huh? Yeah. And, and that's, are you actually traveling to do that, or, or is, that, would that, is that just strictly online? No, it's strictly online. So the idea behind a blog tour, it's like... A, a virtual blog tour, a virtual book tour, where you go from blog to blog, and you either have the blogger post a review uh, of your book, or do an interview with you, a Q and A, or a guest post for them. And so, in the space of a month, maybe you get uh, five, ten kind of blog posts on different uh, blogs relevant to to your genre, and that generally helps build some momentum around your book, especially if it's around the launch. It will help. It will boost Amazon sales which in turn will give your book some visibility. So um, usually it's something that I've seen a lot of authors try and, and have some success with. Interesting. Um, and you also have the fourth category of being able to hire marketers and book marketers. And, and how is that different from publicists? So publicists are all about uh, pitching your book either to the press or um, to, uh, to bloggers. So, so, so to the press, would that also be, say, like uh, re- review sites like Publishers Weekly, things like that? Um, yep. or, or, okay, so they, so they would send your book out to all those different places too? Yeah, typically. I mean, the, the, the job of the publicist is to determine uh, which outlets are going to be uh, relevant for your book and most likely to post something about it and then pitch it to them. Gotcha. Okay. So, That's- and marketers? Marketers uh, is much more general. Uh, so we've got three categories in marketing uh, that you can choose and read. See, the main one is kind of marketing strategy, and that's basically to work with you in order to draft a marketing campaign um, and um, and start it together with you for for your book. So that's that's everything in marketing wise. So de- determining which channels you're going to use um, in order to to promote your book. Uh, testing them and uh, iterating and choosing which channels actually actually work. So a bit like you'd launch a product, but um, but for a book. Mm-hmm. I'm just going through your site right now, actually. 
I see um, you've got a, a a gentleman named Nick Courage who's who's listed under under marketer, and it, he has a list of books underneath his name. One of which is Silver's Lanning's playbook. Is did he so? Did he work on that website? Is that what that means? Yeah, he's probably um, he's probably done the marketing campaign for that book. Oh wow! Yeah, there's some there's some pretty big names in this. Yeah, he works for the for Daniel Kahneman also. Um, Jonathan Franzen. Yeah, no, Nick Courage is definitely <laughs> definitely someone you want to reach out to if you've got a if you've got a good book. Obviously, I mean, these people work with traditional publishing companies, so they've got they have high rates. Mm-hmm. Um, so you both need to have the money to hire them and a strong a strong book as well, like okay. so, well, a strong story. Well, Let's talk about costs then, because it seems like that's going to be quite variable based on the person that you hire. Yep. Um, let's and let's break it down for each category too. So, like, let's talk about editors and um, let's look. How much for an indie author to come in there and, and get you know their sort of eighty thousand you know word novel edited? Uh, let's say developmental editing and proofread. How much would that cost on average? Okay, so. We're actually about to release an infographic on that, so Ooh, <laughs> I'll send the, I'll send you fun. the link. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna I'll, be I'll good. link to it in the show because we've had uh, around one thousand five hundred quotes exchanged through the platform, so it gives us a good idea of what people charge for for developmental editing and proofreading on an eighty thousand word manuscript. It's probably going to be between two thousand and four thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's so that would be. That's a range I've seen, yeah. Uh, thousand divided by what was it? you said two thousand dollars? Yeah, between two thousand and four thousand. It depends. It, so it, we'll say three thousand. Yeah, let's say that. I think so. And that's so that's about what three cents a word ish, almost four. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad. All right, so so then, um, is it within that includes proofreading too? That's like from front to end, your book is ready to go. Public, yeah. to publishing okay okay and then um so so let's also talk about cover design then mm-hmm. cover design your, yeah I, I mean it's probably going to vary based on fiction and non-fiction let's, let's let's do both let's say um uh, a fiction uh, fantasy novel that might require some illustration <laughs> okay um the median rate for that is 500 600 dollars okay um then we've got some Amazing illustrators, I mean, digital painters, uh, call mm-hmm. them what you want, who've worked for people like Stephen King uh, on fantasy, and they charge $2,000 for a cover. But, right. I mean, obviously, their artwork is just amazing. I could spend hours yeah. just looking at the profile on Ritzy. Uh, but mm-hmm. you, can, you can get something very, very good and very professional for $500, $600. Yeah. And, and that would be for fiction and nonfiction, then? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at um, I'm looking at uh, Ben McLeod right now. Oh yeah, like he's done some pretty nice work. He's he's really good, and um, he do, he he's doesn't just the first one on there. <laughs> he doesn't only work with books, uh, so um, is it's worth reaching out to him because uh, he's got. As I said, yeah, he doesn't only work with books, so he's always interested in kind of new book projects, and uh-huh. he he's actually not that expensive, so probably going to raise his prices soon. Yeah, so yeah, it's worth reaching yeah. out to him. Yeah, he has a very recognizable style. I mean, every time we see a cover somewhere by him, we know that it's uh, that's his 
his cover yeah. that they designed it. So if it's your style, then go for him. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, it looks like it's very type focused. The uh, yep, typography very. is, is uh, yeah, and I like that. I like that a lot. That's really nice. Okay, so then, um, so that's so we're talking about five hundred bucks. So we're, so um, we can if we say we just hire, you know, or sorry, we we employ Reezy to take over these four different like sort of services to a book launch. We've got let's say three thousand for the for the um editing. We've got five hundred. We'll say six. We'll say five hundred for the cover. So it's thirty five hundred. And then let's talk about publicists and marketers. And I know marketers is like a, a big bag of <laughs> things yeah. that could that you could that you could do there. But, but let's 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 talk about a publicist that is going to um, take your work and put it out to all the different review channels and uh, make sure that and set up a blog tour. Like, what do you think that would would cost? Um, I think it's between a thousand and two thousand dollars. Okay. So about a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, um, and then there's some work on your end, though the right, the author's end that would need to, um, like for blog tours. Is are you talking about doing like guest posts? Guest posts? Excuse yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Okay. There's some work on your end as well, for sure. Yeah, so there's some definite work there. So we're talking about forty five hundred. We'll say five thousand, just to just sort of cap it off. And then, so the marketer side of things, that's like if you want to get a website built or, or something like that. It's. Um not yet, so we'll have web designers uh, in, in the near future. At the moment, it's just to kind of draft the marketing strategy and basically someone to work with uh, to, to choose which channels you're going to market your book through, so to set your mailing list, uh, to try advertising, maybe Facebook ads, or, um, mm-hmm. um, or also to blog tours or things like that. I mean, marketing is really more defining the strategy and trying a lot of things out or social media mm. it's it's all that so we've, we've separated into three categories marketing strategy is what i said working on on the campaign and what you're going to try and they're both gonna do it for you and do it with you so that you can learn like the objective is is not to work with a marketer forever it's work with the marketer for a couple of months and then you can take over uh, from what they're left uh, and you and you kind of know they're the, the basic principles. And then we've got two, two other ones which are more uh, precise, which are advertising, because we've seen Facebook ads work incredibly well for a lot of authors. So we've got a couple mm-hmm. Facebook ad specialists um, in here. When you, say, when you say incredibly well, what does that mean? It means that um, I've seen ROIs that are between 100% and 500% for a lot of authors over a yeah. period of... So basically... Throw as much money in it as you can, and you'll make more money back. Right? Yeah, yeah. Those are those are good advertising campaigns. <laughs> yeah, those are the good ones. I mean, I've seen I've seen also a lot of authors for whom Facebook ads didn't work, yeah. but I think it's definitely worth trying it. Is, for the authors that it didn't work, was it nonfiction, fiction? Did it did it matter? It's in a bit of both. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it depends. It depends on so many things. It obviously, depends on your ability to and your willingness to test and iterate. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the main factor. Uh, yeah. I've, I've heard that too, that testing, yeah. like assigning a small portion of a budget to just a testing phase where, you know, like 40% of your budget just goes towards figuring out what works and exactly. then spending the remainder. Yeah. And I mean, that's it depends it. on, you can, you can optimize so many things. Like obviously, if you if your if your Facebook ad links to your mailing list or your website, so to get like mailing list signups, 
uh, your results are not only going to depend on the, the ads creative and targeting and budget and the way you've set it up, it's also going to depend on your landing page, uh, your newsletter kind of mm -hmm. gift uh, mm -hmm. that you advertise there, uh, your wording, um, and, and if the Facebook ad links to your product page on Amazon, it's obviously going to depend on how many reviews you have, on what your product page looks like, your cover, your blurb, mm -hmm. all those mm -hmm. things. So there are countless reasons why your Facebook advertising campaign might sure. not work for an author. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, okay. So, I mean, we're talking, let's just say 5,000 bucks, but, but the end product, right, is going to be something that can compete on any bookstore shelf, right? That's going to, that you could even send to Barnes and Noble and it would sit and look amazing and, and um, definitely fit in, right? You're not going to stand out as an indie author if, if you were to, you know, pursue this route of going self-publishing, this $5,000 would get you to that level. Is that, is that kind of what we're, what we're saying here? Yeah, definitely, and I think that's, it's, that's it's, awesome. That's it's a, awesome. Yeah, it's the only. I mean, you can you can get that same level of quality in other places, but you're going to pay yeah. much more because they're going right. to kind of sell your package. And and, uh, and you can piecemeal it too, right? You don't have to spend five thousand dollars with you. You can you can do the things that you just that you need most. Exactly. You know? So the cover design, and in fact, I mean, for five hundred bucks, I mean that's that's. I mean, I'm not and I'm not saying five thousand dollars is cheap or anything like that. It's it's a fair chunk of money, especially for it's a lot of writers, lot, yeah. but. $500, you know, will get you pretty far. I mean, it gets you, I mean, the cover is probably number one. Um, I mean, editing is, that's a really tough one for me. I think they're both equal. If not, actually, I think editing is probably more important, but, but, um, and it's also too, like, you know, you may not have to, you may not go the development editing route and you can, you know, um, maybe only spend two cents a word or one cents a word, just getting copy editing done with some proofreading and then bring that budget down to where it's manageable. And then, you know, hopefully that, that, you know, the book that you sell will be able to, on to the next one for the $5,000 project. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of things. You don't have to spend the, the $5,000. I mean, ideally, ideally you should because that's you're going to get the most professional results. But, yeah. I mean, through hard work, um, you can maybe replace some of these steps. I mean, if you work with tw a, a group of 20 beta readers who are very familiar with your genre, you're probably mm -hmm. going to get a lot of developmental feedback. And if sure. you know how to integrate it well, you can try to skip that step. Again, it's not going to be as professional, but it's going to be maybe good enough. Same yeah. for copy editing yeah. and proofreading. If you've got a fantastic street team of uh, very good trained eyes uh, that are going to spot the, the mistakes, then mm -hmm. you can sidestep that as well. Cover design mm -hmm. is one where I'm, I have to say there's no, no other way than getting a professional cover design. And, and I think that's a message that hasn't, sunk in enough uh, in authors' minds because a lot of authors, because authors are artists and, and cover design is basically mm -hmm. an artist's work, they think they can do it. And I'm really disappointed by the standard of cover design in indie publishing. And I always say that I wish more authors would actually kind of realize that they don't have the, mm -hmm. the talent to create their own covers. Yeah. So, so if anything, just uh, go to the site and see see the cover design options <laughs> exactly uh yeah no I, I think that's i think that's valid because i mean I, you know you can go to 99 designs if you know if you're desperate and, and try and get something cheap but you're not you're probably never going to spend less than 500 uh anywhere for a quality you know cover and it's yeah. just one of those things it's just one of those things you gotta bite the bullet and do it it's just you just gotta do it yeah um okay that's this is that was awesome that's an awesome overview uh excuse me overview of of uh, the servers and sort of costs. Now, I did read something somewhere about um, you helping authors grow their audience and, and dealing with like mailing lists and stuff. Is, do, you, do you offer anything there as well? 
Um, yeah, we do. So we try to do some education through a blog, and also our marketers uh, have this um, email marketing uh, category where they're basically going to can help you set up your mailing list and try to get more subscribers for the for the mailing list. So try to set up awesome. a reader reader magnet, optimize the mm -hmm. website, and yeah. even venture into advertising for that. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. And um, then there's also a new thing you just released, a new little bit of software called um, what is it? Write a book? Is that what it's called? Uh, that's the URL. It's we call it the Read C Book Editor. Read C Book Editor. And this. This is actually really cool. So I was just on your site a few days ago, and um, it's it's this really nice. You can create a book on their website, and you get this really nice editor. And the editor itself um, will export out to will export an ebook for you that is pretty easy to to create a beautifully sort of published version. So so go ahead. Why don't why don't you explain it? I mean, I, I know I'm sort of <laughs> winging it here, but what, what do you what is is that what it is essentially? Like, why did you guys build that tool? Yeah, no, that's a pretty good description. I think we'll hire you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, the idea behind the tool is that um, we kind of stopped at the point where the manuscript was edited and you had the cover design and we wanted to go a bit further, up, basically up to the distribution bit. So we released this kind of writing and formatting tool. Yeah. Um, and so at the moment, what you can do is write and it's got a nice um, chapter... Um, chapter feature on the left where you can drag and drop chapters so you can write actually scenes a bit like in Scrivener and then move them around. Um, and it's really minimalistic, so similar to Medium, the blogging platform, uh, with simple formatting, um, a full full screen writing if, uh, if you need it. Um, and then the really powerful bit comes when you want to actually export an EPUB or a, or a print-ready PDF file. We mm -hmm. kind of do all the format, formatting or typesetting uh, for you automatically mm -hmm. through the book editor. So we've got yeah, two two templates with different fonts, and you just choose. Uh, well, by you've got quite a bit of flexibility in terms of options, how many headline, um, head, yeah, head titles you want, uh, where you want the footnotes. Um, then you can choose a spacing size. And then you choose between three templates and you export the books and they look, I mean, they always look perfect and they're compatible mm -hmm. with every outlet out there. Mm -hmm. That's that's so awesome. That's great. So with, uh, I also, see there's, is there, is there an editing feature to it too, where, where editors can get in on the game? So that's, uh, that's the, the, the end goal for it. Yeah. At the moment, it's just, you write on it or you copy paste uh, chapter by chapter and then you can mm -hmm. export files. Uh, soon we'll add a word uh, word import uh, function where you just import your word file and it, it if it's like um, if it's got sections then the sections will be imported as chapters mm -hmm. and afterwards we'll make it really collaborative so have real time um, writing and editing with a track changes feature that's much better looking than words and a yeah. comments feature also so similar very similar to Google Docs uh, in that uh, in that aspect. And you'll be able to hire an editor through Readsy, share. So basically ask for quotes on Readsy from, let's say, five editors. Share uh, with all of them your first uh, chapter. Have them do a sample edit on the first chapter. Compare sample edits always within Readsy. Then hire one and give that editor access to a full manuscript on Readsy and basically see all the changes they made or comments uh, within Readsy on our Readsy book editor. And that will be ready 
in a few months. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. I love seeing that kind of collaboration, especially in this space. Um, yeah. I mean, Google Docs can kind of get you close, but um, <laughs> it's 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 nice to have this solely focused on novels. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. Um, so now you, I, I want to kind of revisit this thing, and I'm just trying to think here if this will work. And you might have an idea. Uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have a better idea than I. Um, but uh, can you use Readsea to maybe like if you want to go down the traditional publishing route, how, how could you use Readsea to maybe land an agent or you know catch the eye of a of a of a publisher? Yeah, no, we actually get a lot of authors. Um, asking us that question and, and trying that through ET. I think that, um, so publishing has gotten more competitive in, in, in every way, not just uh, because of independent uh, publishing and because there's more books out there. Also, I think there's more and more people who realize they want to be writers and there's mm -hmm. and agents uh, get more and more submissions. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and I mean, I, I can point to a few YouTube videos of agents handling um, handling their submissions, but they're looking for something very, very specific in terms of the query letter and the submission package that they receive. And if it doesn't meet all the criteria they're looking for, uh, they're going to find a reason to basically throw it in the bin yeah. uh, and not even send a, a rejection letter back. So you're going to be left without feedback. And so that's what we try to avoid it. Pitching to agents is really a different, almost different art to writing and one that you need to master as well. And so a few of our editors told us actually what we could do for, for ET authors who are looking to, be, to land an agent is do a career letter review for them so they can ask us for that. It's not going to cost them too much. I think most of them charge between $200 and $300 for that. And they basically review your query letter and turn it into something that's going to catch the eye of an agent. And they review also the first 10 pages of your manuscript because if the query letter is convincing, then that's the next thing the agent will check out before uh, requesting full manuscript. Mm -hmm. So, And then, because all these editors have worked at traditional publishing companies or at agencies before, if they really like your book, uh, they're going to make introductions probably to uh, agents or even editors. So, um, I mean, obviously there's no pr promise with the service that you're going to get um, an agent or publisher, but uh, we've had some success stories. And I'm sure we're going we're gonna to get more because it's, I think it's really worth getting a professional opinion on a, on a career letter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I... As you're as you're talking about that, I was just sort of thinking like um, it's the idea of hybrid publishing, and um, it's really this sort of vague term that nobody really knows what it is. And and uh, but but this this kind of, your, your service is sort of a I think a, kind of a different take on it in my in my eyes, where you know you can go and get a lot of the things that publishers will give you, right? Yeah. So a hybrid publisher is is normally gonna gonna offer that as well right and 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 but but the author is going to be responsible for something more uh you know because because you know obviously it's not a traditional publish system so, so everything's not paid for so the author's, author's going to have to um you know come up with some money or something like that but i there, there's really no reason for that right because if you have an outlet or a channel that allow you to do all those things on your own right which would which, which readsy does yeah. and you come out of pocket and then you pay for those things um and then obviously you get to keep all of your you know profits and stuff from the book uh that you, you know, that you put out there. Um, that, that, that's really, that's really interesting to me. But what's also interesting is that there's also this, this, it opens up another, I think another door where if you do have this really professionally published piece, 
um, uh, that you've done on your own. And um, it somehow does get shopped a little bit just based on its own merit. Right. So, so your editor might just be like, oh, I know this guy or girl and you know, I, you, they've got to read this. And suddenly you've opened a door to a publisher. Right. And at that point, though, you've got like a ton of a ton of uh, leverage on your side because you've already done most of the work, right? You've already and you've exactly. already paid for it, right? So then you can come in and the, and the publisher might be like, "Well, here, this is what we can help you with," and that's distribution because and and uh, a name, the, the imprint, right? That's what publishers, I think, are uh, are most um, helpful with is, is distribution uh, and and providing a you know a brand name, and um and then, but then you can come to the table table and say, "Well, you know, normally." Uh, you know, you take this much, but I'm only going to let you take this much because I've already done all the work, right? So, the, so then you could even even approach, I think, traditional publishing with a more hybrid mindset. Do you think that's even possible here? Uh, today, I don't think so. I mean, no. Uh, mm. s- sadly, no, because traditional publishers are still very traditional, and most of the of the ones who would offer something like this are a bit dodgy. And mm-hmm. that's the the big problem I see today. With the what do you mean that with offer something like this are a bit dodgy? I see that. Um, so I see a lot of hybrid publishers out there uh, who are mm-hmm. going to to offer to do just the distribution, but you're going to pay for the editing, design, and all that. Mm-hmm. And they don't provide a lot of value in the end, and they still take some of the royalties. Yes. And yeah, no, that's 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 not what I was suggesting when when teaming up with you, though. I was thinking you do all that work, but then. Okay, sorry. Go on. I think I interrupted. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no. Um, yeah, no. I mean, you, you mean you go to a traditional publisher, uh, mm-hmm. a, a like a non-dodgy one, a reliable one, but I think they don't, they they aren't ready for this kind of hybrid model just yet. They've done it mm-hmm. for a few big name authors like Hugh Howey. Uh, mm-hmm. So we see that in the news, and these authors brag about it, and. But I think if you're a first-time writer, unless your book is selling really, really well, mm-hmm. get a publisher to just distribute it for you physically uh, and get you into bookstores um, and nothing more than that without giving up any other rights, digital or movie or anything, it's really, really hard at the moment. And I mean, it's our goal as well to kind of raise the standard of, uh, of independent publishing and, and because we also work with publishers, kind of introduce them to the idea that this could be a new way of doing things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, st- I still think there might be room to... I mean, yeah, I, I actually agree with that, but I think they're... I mean, if they're going to take a cut, I think the cut might... You could probably negotiate the cut just to be a little bit less. <laughs> it might be something marginal and not worth it, but, but uh, I still think that it... It's you should uh, you should definitely be um, yeah and I mean if you if you hear uh, stories like that definitely want to <laughs> definitely want in on those because that's what I've been waiting for to happen in the publishing industry and just feel yeah. that publishing it's gotta be at the moment it's gotta be on the cusp of that it's gotta be it's gotta be for sure especially with all the these departures these editors departing the industry and going freelance and all this other stuff I mean and and obviously your service. Uh, is fulfilling a, a need, right? <laughs> That's yeah. there, and that need is because of th- that sort of stubbornness from traditional publishers. Right? Yeah, so someone's got to give soon. Well, I look forward to seeing uh, how that plays out. Me too. All right. Um. Well, where can where can people find out more about you uh, and Reedsy? Um, I think the best way is on our on our landing page, uh, readsy.com, R-E-E-D-S-Y.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you can navigate it a little bit, and if you click on different um, 
services we outline editing design uh, publicity you, you we've got like special landing pages for each uh, of these services where you can learn more about the service and you can even see a preview of our uh, professionals on the marketplace there so it gives a good idea of what we're all about and if you click on the book editor tab um, on top of the landing page you also get to our uh, Ritzy Book Editor landing page that explains with a little video what, what the book editor does and what it will soon do so that you get a better idea about that. And obviously we've got a blog where we post um, general book marketing advice or editing writing advice and all news uh, about Ritzy releases. Mm, that's great. All right, Ricardo. Well, I really appreciate you appearing on the show and um, I really hope you know some of my listeners... you. Uh, find great value in what you offer yeah no me too thanks again for inviting me it's been a pleasure yeah. until next time definitely for more episodes and giveaways head over to www.bleedinginc.fm that's www.bleedinginc.fm if you want to help me out even more you can go check out my book Modern Rituals The Wayward 3 on Amazon today And if you like what you're hearing, share the show. My goal is to get this show into the hands of as many writers as possible. So share it with your friends, your family, other writers you know, and let's make this happen. And also, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a software guy and I make tools for writers. Check out jslauthor.com. That's for J.S. Leonard, jslauthor.com. There you can sign up for my mailing list, get free tools, and all kinds of awesome stuff. Thanks for listening. The ink has run dry. See you next time.